It's time to look at the waiver wire for fantasy basketball. Most added players, must roster players, droppable players, other guys we can consider. Michael Bolton's got a whole scroll full of them. Michael. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and these are load-bearing posters behind me. I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, use the promo code LockedOnNBA and get 20 bucks off your first purchase. Thank you for also making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. We are available on all platforms. Okay. Remember I say that, like, oh, thanks for making your first listen. My my missus is always like, oh, why do you say that? What if I'm not your first listen? Because I'm putting it into your brain to make it your first listen. This is this is preemptive stuff. I'm putting it out there. Go, hey, you should make us your first listen, yeah? And I'm just giving you thanks in advance before doing it. Let's talk waiver wire. Let's go through a bunch of different things that we've got here because that's what we do on these shows. And for those of you asking, I'll, maybe I'll mention it six more times. We are starting the buy low, sell high show this week. Week three, it is starting. We've got two weeks of data behind us. It will come this week. For those of you who ask every day, it is coming this week. Okay, let's take a look at the... We'll start with these easy lists. These are the must roster players. These are guys that I project to be top 100 guys who are available in over 20% of leagues still. Zach Collins. Come on, what more? It's getting to the point where I think 22% of leagues are dead because that's, there's, no, there's no rationale for this at all. Oh, but the turnovers. Oh, well, doesn't matter. Yeah, and even Obi's like, come on, guys. Pick up Zach Collins in your league. Jalen Johnson. Well, th- this one does not make sense. 65% rostered. Is there 35% of leagues that are dead? I don't think that's true. Come on. These two, Zach Collins, Jalen Johnson... I don't know how many thumbs you must have up your asses because that is a ridiculous amount of leagues that these guys are still available. You look at these players and you'll say, well, what about this guy? These are, I believe, top 75 rest of season players. Not top 100, top 75. So look at that. The next two I've got as must roster, but more for category leagues. Their value in points leagues is less. And it's Dan Gafford and Inyeka Okongwu. 71% rostered for Gafford, 72 for Okongwu. But Josh, why Gafford? Because they need him. And he could average two blocks a game. And yes, there will be issues with injuries. We had it last year. You know how many games he missed last year? Five. Right? He missed some already this season. Also, that's a separate point. I think there's like four guys that played 80 games last season who haven't played a game yet this season. Because injuries do not carry over. Health does not carry over as a general rule. I don't know how many times I have to scream that out. Shout out to Terrence Mann, Trey Murphy, Jared Vanderbilt. I don't know who. There's a, there's a couple of others who um, missed like no games at all last season and have not played at all this season because that's how it works, unfortunately. Anyway, uh, Gafford, 71% rostered. I know you're telling me, man, can we give up on him? If you have Daniel Gafford in a category league 
You have Daniel Gafford for high field goal percentage, for blocks, and some rebounds. You have him for the reason that you may have reached for Walker Kessler in round two, just on a lower scale. He's still going to bring it. There's going to be nights of foul trouble. I, I know this. And Okongwu, I don't care that he's backing up Capella. He's still producing very good value. And there is no reason, I don't believe, in p- category leagues for these guys to be uh, on the waiver wire. Now, for points leagues, they're both, to me, projected outside the top 100. Now, Okongwu is a little bit of a different story because you could stash him in the hopes that Capella gets traded, but that might be a long shot. So they're iffy in points leagues. The next two, I still believe, are must-roster guys. And one of them we'll talk about in a little bit more detail. One of them is Markel Fultz, who's at 79% rostered. Some people may have dropped him because of this knee issue that's caused him to miss the last two games. Unless I get some information, this is a long-term serious thing. I'm swooping on him immediately. Like, I'm not letting this slide. I'm not letting Markel Fultz sit on my waiver wire. I don't believe they're giving this job to Anthony Black. I don't believe Cole Anthony is taking over from Markel Fultz. If Markel Fultz is available, I am going to add him. If we get more info on the knee injury, we move on. And the other one is Miles Bridges, who I know. I know. I know he is a shit bloke. I know there are disgusting things and charges against him, which he's already pled no contest to and got a lenient punishment from both the NBA and the criminal justice system. I know that there is a apparently another court date set for November 13th. He is eligible to return to the NBA November 17th. So maybe something happens in that court date where he goes to jail. Maybe. But the NBA and the Hornets, the piss-weak nature of both of those organizations, has done nothing regarding these two new charges uh, around Bridges. So we are currently sitting here, 6th of November for me, 5th of those for you in North America, and we are less than two weeks away from Bridges' return. Now, Bridges will not, I don't think, have any chance of replicating top 40 numbers, top 30 numbers from two years ago. It's just not going to happen. There's Haywood, there's Washington, there's Miller. There's the fact that he hasn't played. There's a the fact that, you know, do they invest in this ship? Like, I don't know. I don't think they do. But I would be, if, and this is a totally reasonable call, it is your decision entirely. I've heard of leagues that have said, we're just banning Miles Bridges from our league. No one is picking him up, and everyone agrees, and that is your call. I've heard of people who are like, I'm just not going to add him because I just don't want to see his name on my team because he beats women, right? And I get that is totally, absolutely reasonable as well. And there are others who are like, it's just a name, and it's just numbers, and it's just fantasy, and if he helps me win, I'll add him onto my team. It's not like I'm paying him like the Charlotte Hornets. And again, That is totally reasonable as well. That is all of your own decisions. But if you are someone who doesn't hold the earlier positions of this bloke's dreadful, well, not not even that. If you don't hold the earlier positions of, I don't want him on my fantasy team because of the dreadful things that he has done. If you're not one of those guys, go and add him. Because he's, I would guess, going to have value. And you know what? If he does go to jail on November 13th, or they decide to increase his suspension or cut him, then you do the same thing. You cut him as well. We're okay to hold guys for 12 days to figure out what's... It's not even 12 days. It's a week until that court date. And then we'll find out what's going on. And if nothing comes after that, then he's going to be back in four days. So we're in the early part of the season. One of the big key core points that I talk about in this podcast be okay to take an L in week one or week two or week three. Some of you might be doing it without even trying to. Like me in week two in a couple of leagues. I'm going to take some L's for sure. All right? 
week one, I think I almost I think I clean swept everything apart from one. This week, I'm going to lose half my matchups. That happens, right? Be prepared to do it for a little bit of long-term payoff. But if it doesn't suit you to add Miles Bridges because of your um, moral um, thought process, which is totally a personal decision, then don't do it. Totally okay. You're not missing out, I don't think, on a top 50 player. But I did just want to highlight how close we are to a return decision coming. And this number is going to creep up. It is going to come up. And then once once we see, hey, Bridges is available to return, that'll hit 80. Yeah, I'm really sure. So if you do, if you are one of those who is not going to be, I'm against it on moral grounds, now is the time to go and do it. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Buying tickets to events, why should that be stressful? Why should it be annoying? You're going to do something fun. It shouldn't be a frustrating experience. So Game Time is the fast and easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seats, and their best price guarantee. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. They've got their exclusive exclusive flash deals and their sponsored deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more, plus zone deals where you pick the section and Game Time picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets on Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On NBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create that account and redeem the code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So now that we have um, talked about Miles Bridges, and I, just, I, I honestly, I don't want to have to talk about him uh, anymore this season, but there we are. Let's look at um, some droppable guys. Now, there are a few names there where you might go, huh. And again, welcome to the show if you haven't seen these shows before or you haven't paid attention. And one thing I am really noticing this season, is, and I'm, I'm aware of this, is that I'm not that important in your life. I, I know that. I know that that is part of this job that you do things and people, I consume all of the content that I produce, sometimes unwillingly, but I consume it all, but you don't. So sometimes I do have to repeat things many, many, many times and that is totally reasonable. People will flit in, flit out, they'll mishear things, they won't hear it, it's uh, all, this is good. So I'm going to say things here that you may have heard before, but it is very important to clarify. When I say droppable players, as a general rule, I'm talking 12 team, number one. Number two, I am talking about these are guys, if they're on your roster and you're looking to add a free agent and they're there, you should be going, hmm, do I need to hold this guy? Right? That's what I mean by droppable. It's not like, well, it's on my roster. There's a, and these might not be seem different to you. A droppable player versus a must-drop player are very different things. Very different. A must-drop player would be someone like Steven Adams. He's not going to play. You literally must drop him. He is taking up space. There is no need to have him there. In a 12-team league, a must-drop player would be someone like Amani Bates, who's just not going to have an impact. That is a must-drop player in a 12-team league with standard rosters. A droppable one is when we're looking at a standard sort of setup, and they're on your roster, and you go, I don't know if they need to be. And with that said, let's go into it, because Isaiah Stewart's 65% rostered. Stewart started out the season with a bang. I think he had like a 14-14 and 14 double-double. He's starting at power forward. I don't know that he does all season. I wouldn't say that he's been awesome in that role. He's been okay. But these are the sort of players that can leave you in a fantasy headlock. Because you have them and you go, eh, he's okay. Yeah, that's not bad. 
12 and 8, 1.43s. That's all right. And he just never does anything more, right? Like it's the one of the, it's, it's the Harrison Barnes. Shout out to the new Harrison Barnes, Isaiah Stewart, where the numbers are fine. And he'll come in ranked 135th and you go, well, there's actually 150 players rostered. So that means he's a must roster player. It does not. What it means is his spot is totally replaceable. It means that you can get that and you can find someone who exceeds that number every single week by finding injury replacements, hot streaks, whatever, and you cycle through it. So if I see your roster and Isaiah Stewart's on it, absolutely, totally okay. No worries. Oh yeah, makes sense. But if there's someone else that's on the waiver wire, like any of those must roster guys or any of the guys coming up in terms of short-term options, well, you piss him off. You're not missing anything. And that's the difference between a must-drop player or a droppable player. A droppable guy is someone where you just don't have to hang on. Russell Westbrook, I'm putting on this list. I This is preemptive, and I would love to... I more likely wanted... Uh, awesome, let's rephrase that. I'm putting this here just so it's in your head after you watch the game on Monday. I believe that him and James Harden are going to start together with 99.9% confidence. I don't think they should, but I think they are, especially with Terrence Mann still not likely to play. In a points league, I would I would not really put Westbrook in this grouping. But in a category league, he's probably, well, not probably, he's the fourth offensive option. He's also now the second ball handling option. So what actual value is he providing? And if he's not handling the ball, and if he's not an offensive guy, he's standing in the corner, why is he on the court? And it might not happen straight away because Ty Lue's got a Danish backhand, the Egos. So we might see him starting, but I think we might see it pushing back and back and back. So in a category league, he's already a back endish sort of player anyway, even though he's putting up good numbers at the moment for sure. If you get into a crunch, I, I do, and this is forward projecting because we have not seen it, and I could, be, I could be totally wrong on this, as I am on lots of things. I'm right on lots of things. I'm wrong on lots of things. That's how this game goes. Westbrook should, I think, become droppable. Bob Portis in the exact same spot as Isaiah Stewart. Someone, again, no one listens to me all the time. I understand this. Someone left a message on one of my social things or left a comment. Hey, do you know what's going on with Bobby Portis? Yeah, exactly the thing that I've been saying for four months. He is the backup center behind Brook Lopez. He barely plays at all behind Giannis and his value only comes if Giannis or Lopez is out. That's it. He's not playing 25 minutes a night because in the past he had to play all the backup minutes behind Giannis, all the backup minutes behind Lopez. And he doesn't because Jay Crowder's there, who I think might start over Malik Beasley soon. That's a Crowder situation. Not really relevant here. But Portis is just not a must-roster player. Again, you can have him if you're holding to stash and maybe something happens with those other guys. But I could say that about lots of different players. Um, the next two are the ones who I've been getting just tons of questions about, and it's time to do it. It's time to talk about it because we've got to talk Humpty Dumpty Benedict Matherin. Um... To say that he has been putrid is an understatement. He is not a top 240 player this season. He he's just he's just not playing well. He's playing under 23 minutes a night, averaging nine points with three rebounds, shooting 36 and 73. Now, part of his appeal last season was tons of free throw attempts and good free throw percentage. But we also did see that when he started, his usage dropped and his free throw rate really dropped. And it's been way worse this season. There's been, he's shooting 18% from three. Look, there's plenty of things with Matherin that are going to improve here. He's not going to be an 18% three-point shooter. But what we wanted to see was, hey, can you maintain usage? And can you play 33 minutes a night? And he can't play 33 minutes a night. So he's got to go. 
He doesn't have to go because he's on the droppable list. But yeah, it, this is, he is, well, I held for the two weeks. I wanted to see what happened. The minutes pushing back, the no real improvements across his game means that he has to be in the firing line, which is exactly what we're talking about here. The next one is probably more controversial. It's Andrew Wiggins. Lots of questions on Wiggins, and so far I've been hold. And I'm still not sure that he's a droppable guy, but I went through, I redid projections for the Warriors yesterday, and to say that Wiggins come out unfavorably was, is an understatement, like 190th. He's not getting any defensive stats. He's not rebounding the ball. He's not playing minutes. Gary Payton's closing over him. I thought maybe there was some sort of injury, but nothing's come out about it. In a 10-team league, I would have no problem firing him into the sun, Andrew Wiggins. He can go. In a points league, I lean a little bit more cautious because he's a better points league than category league player. But he he is, out of all of these guys, like him and Westbrook, I'm like, yeah, maybe, right? But they're, they're, in, they're in the mix now. Like they are not immune from being dropped. And the last one is Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who's rostered in 66% of leagues. In a points league, not worth it at all. In a category league, Really, all he is, is a steal specialist. He's not a high usage player. His usage actually is below what it was last season. He's um, not. He doesn't do anything. He doesn't get assists. He doesn't get rebounds. He gets steals. And when you look at straight nine category rankings, you'll see, man, steals boosting way up. You know my thoughts on that. And then he doesn't get turnovers, which makes him look like, well, he's actually 80th. It's not. like He's just not that valuable. He is a steals specialist streamer who in points leagues does not have 12-team value, and in category leagues, is very much on the border. Now, a lot of these you can easily argue. Stewart, Westbrook, Portis, Matherin, Wiggins, Caldwell, Pope. All of those, you could say they're fine in a 12-team league, and I, I agree, that is okay. But with how things are going for them at the moment, if you did want to move on, I don't think it's going to be the end of the world. Today's episode is brought to you by Fangel Sportsbook. Score early this NFL season with Fangel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. And then those, uh, those bonus bets, you can use them on any of the things that Fangel has. NBA, college football, college basketball, parlays, spread betting, over-unders, player props, Dolphins to win the Super Bowl. The odds should be pushing out after we lost this week. We'll be back. We'll be back. And you can get on to Tour for MVP. You can get on to Tyreek for Offensive Player of the Year. You can get into the NBA for who's going to win the in-season tournament. Is it going to be the Celtics who look like they can't be beaten? All that stuff is available over on Fangio. So go to Fangio.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. Fangio is an official partner of the NFL. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. Now, I spent quite a bit of time on those first two sections because I did think that was pretty important. Maybe it wasn't. Let's go through to the um, most added players over the last 48 hours. Number one on that list is Flaming Mo Wagner and the magic, all oh, those tricky magic. They pulled that stunt, which happens actually way more than I give it credit for. And I probably don't, I probably screw up on that because, again, I try to look at common sense and logic. And NBA coaches, they don't have it. Most of the time, they don't have it because what they will do very often, and we've seen this a couple of times, is they will bring in a guy that does not play, like Goga Badadze, and start him over their backup, the guy that they trust to play every single night, and they'll put someone else into that starting role. And the excuse they usually roll out is, well, it's because I want to keep my second unit rotations intact, which is a lie. 
it's a what well, it's not a lie. It's not a lie because it's not a lie if you believe it. It's just not true, <laughs> which is different to a lie. I'll tell you why. Because unless that third stringer comes in and plays the exact same minutes as the starter, then your rotations are different. They just are. So unless Goga's coming in and playing his 30 minutes a night that Wendell did, you are not straight one-for-one swapping. Now, Mo Wagner is the most added player. He put up still really good numbers in 20 minutes with five fouls in that first game. I still think he's okay to use in 12-team leagues. And we're going to talk Goga later, but I'll just throw him in now. He's okay. Goga's fine to roster as well. What, do you have a double-double with five blocks? I don't know that he gets 23 minutes every single night, but Goga's one of those players who, and I mentioned this a couple of times, maybe he was even in the Value 30 show that we did, that if they start him, he he is useful. And we've seen that. I think both Mo and Goga are 12-team league options. Grant Williams is one of the most added players. He's playing really well. I do think he's a 12-team league player. And at the moment, he's outperforming so many guys on that list. Wiggins and Caldwell Pope and Matherin. Like he's out, and Paul Portis, Stewart. He's a better option than them at the moment. Dario Saric up 29%. Yeah, I don't know about that one, but he did play well. He closed the game, I think, last time out for the Warriors. He's a very strong 14-team league ad. Not sure we look at him massively in 12s outside of streaming. But the next guy we do, Dylan Brooks needs to be added. And I, I will tell you many things about Dylan Brooks. Hate the way he played offense in Memphis. No category league value at all. Different team, different situation. He's much better. Now, he is also the biggest sell high I've ever seen in my life. If you can execute anything on Dylan Brooks for any sort of top 90 player in a trade, you do it immediately. Because it is the most obvious situation ever that not everyone will see. Because there'll be people who use their ranking metrics like, you know, who's got the most dog in them? And they'll say that Dylan does. So they'll like him. The big difference between him here and in Memphis, it's not usage because he's actually toned that down, which I applaud him for a really good change in his game, even though his usage wasn't that high last season. But he's playing like six more minutes per game, which helps. He's also shooting 63% from three. And I did mention this yesterday, and someone, a couple of people replied back, oh yeah, but he's taking better shots, his shot selections, but that is all well and good, and that is all true. Right? He is reined in into the offensive system, but I don't care how good your shot selection is. I don't care how much you've changed your ways. Nobody shoots 63% from three. So even if he re- retains the best shot selection in the world, the best self-discipline in the world, He's losing 20 percentage points easy on his shooting. It's just happening. But the minutes are what's encouraging. The steal numbers are very encouraging. And for that is what you roster him. Not because he's knocking down every single three in the world. Big Dick Nick, one of the best ads apparently at the moment. Yeah, look, he's a good block streamer for today. I guess he was added because of the Hornets back-to-back. But he's not a 12-team staple. And then Taylor Horton Tucker up 16%. Horton Tucker is racking up good numbers, but I cannot. He is top two in my... As I say, maybe he's top three in my players that I cannot stand watching. Taylor Horton Tucker going up and jacking up more shots than Larry Markkinen, hijacking an offense with whatever it is that he does. And he racks up stats, there's no question about it. But at some point, surely they have to go, come on, bro, get out of this lineup. It is frustrating. He's going to have nights where he only plays 23 minutes. He's going to have nights where he shoots 20% on big volume. Basically every second night. Yeah, add him, no worries. But this is not a long-term solution. Do you want to know who else in my top three of players I don't like watching? Well, it's his teammate, Colin Sexton, and Julius Randle. I cannot stand watching Julius Randle. These guys, it's just frustrating. And maybe the Jazz ones is because I know there is a better option there. I know there is. His name's Keontae George. 
And it just annoys me watching Sexton go out there and do whatever he does. And Horton Tucker, who is just not a starting point guard's asshole, really. Like, he just isn't. And the uh, the Jazz faithful are, are not particularly happy, I would say, with the direction things are going with that team. But he's one of the most added players. So, yeah, have at it. Most dropped. Most of these make uh, a lot of sense. Alex Caruso down 16%. Really low minutes last game. He's a steel streamer. Alec Burks was playing well, but he's injured with a forearm contusion, so we don't need to hold on. That's an easy drop. Xavier T. Illman. I've got Tillman in four of my eight leagues. I was shocked to see that they benched benched him for David Roddy. I don't know that that sticks, but Tillman played 24 minutes off the bench in that game and had like steals, blocks, assists, and rebounds. And I don't believe he's a 35% shooter. So I'm holding him for one or two more games. But totally fine if he's going to get dropped. I'm holding just to see what happens. Isaac Okoro down 16%. Don't need to dwell on that one. That's an easy one. Ben Matherin down 12 Well, people are already jumping on there. Yep, okay. We talked about that already. And Gary Trent down 12%. Yeah, no problem with Gary Trent getting dropped. He's playing like 22 minutes a night. He's absolutely in no shape or form. A 12-team league category or points league player. Um, the hot players. These are guys who are putting up some really strong numbers over the last week. Dorian Finney-Smith. Nick Claxton could be out a while. Looks like he's got a high ankle sprain, so that's a six-weeker. And be great if the Nets gave us any sort of update or information on that. But Finney Smith replacing him, and Finney Smith is a 12-team league guy for now. Grayson Allen up third, well not up thirty-three percent. He's rostered in thirty-three percent of leagues. Booker and Beal are out again. So Booker came back, played well, and has now missed the next two. The frustration on this team, and this happened with Booker last season as well, is that they push him back too early from an injury, and he gets injured again. Happened around Christmas, so with his groin, I think it was, or hamstring. Happens so often in the NBA. Um, yeah, happens so often. Grayson Allen, I wouldn't say he's a must-roster guy. He's like a streamer for 12s. Drew Eubanks, I, yeah, he might be a must-roster. He's outperformed Nurkic a couple of times. He's, even in 20 minutes, he's useful in 12-team leagues. I've got no problem with Drew Eubanks being rostered. Herb Jones, really floated by that one game. And like Intavious Caldwell-Pope, I think Jones is a better KCP. He's better than him. He is a steals specialist with occasional breakouts in other areas but he probably should be on a roster for his steals alone. Didn't he Avdir is rostered in 50% of leagues? He's been really strong over the last week. I still worry about anything to do with that team and how they utilize anyone's production or minutes or anything, but Avdir's playing well. He's getting more shots. I wouldn't say he's blowing everybody away, but he's been sold. And Tim Hardaway Jr. has also been sold. Now, this will he will shit the bed at some point, but he's getting good volume on points. He's got good volume on threes. He's an interesting streamer sort of player. I don't really trust much of that long-term, though. Injury replacement, guys. Well, here's where we talk about Goga, even though I've already talked about the dart. Goga is a guy that I really liked in the draft process. I hated that he went to the paces at the time. And I said, it's one of those ones where I think eventually talent might give him an opportunity. And then he went to the Magic and he was all right. He's still sort of stuck. He hasn't definitely hasn't lived up to my expectations. So I got that wrong. I didn't like maybe 12th in that draft. Um... But he can play. And I've, I added him in a league today. And I've added Mo Wagner in a league as well. Actually, I got outbid on Mo in two leagues. And added him in one. And then added Goga in another. Yep, he's 4% rostered. He's available everywhere. No problem adding him. Go, go for him. They've, they've got a really good schedule this week as well, the Magic. Remember, this week's a shit schedule week. But they play Thursday, Saturday. They get a good schedule. Reggie Jackson, 6%. I don't know about the status of Jamal Murray's hamstring at the moment. But it's a hamstring injury. He was also a little bit in doubt heading into that game, left it early. Usually a hamstring injury 
is a three-week injury. But NBA teams just skew modern science in regards to that anyway. So I would say that Reggie is not, an, not a great option, not a perfect player, but he's at least a stream replacement guy here with Jamal probably missing. Malik Monk is 46% rostered. He's the guy that I want over Davion Mitchell, over Chris Duarte, and over Kevin Herter. That Kings team, by the way, yeah, they are not looking great, are they? I had a lot of, uh, I copped a lot of criticism for criticizing the Kings this offseason. And so far, things are actually going worse than I anticipated. So we'll see what happens there. But Monk is the guy if Fox remains out. They've only got three games this week, though. While Vanderbilt is out, while Hachimura is out, while Prince is doubtful or questionable, Christian Wood is worth it. He's getting a lot of minutes. There are a lot of guys in that front court out. Wood is playing some of his better basketball of his career. He's not a high usage guy, which is helping. We'll see how long it lasts when everyone returns. But for now, he's a short-term injury replacement. Back to Orlando. I don't know if Mr. Black will play big minutes, but if Markel Fultz is out, Anthony Black's worth a stream. Black's been pretty good on the court, but the minutes there with Harris, Suggs, Anthony, and Fultz are hard to come by. Harris might be out longer with this groin issue, so that does help Mr. Black get more value, but he's a guy that's... I'd probably only consider if we hear more on Fultz in his absence. And the other one is Marcus Sasser in Detroit. Now, the Pistons game is about to start right now when I'm doing this, or very soon anyway, and he's been outperforming Ivy and Hayes. Now, Ivy's also sick at the moment. Sasser, it's harder for Sasser to find minutes when Morris, Burks, and Bogdanovich all return, but he's playing quite well, and I can see him having a solid enough role. But while all those guys are out, and now Ivy's sick, Sasser's at least streamable, as an injury replacement, whether that lasts long-term or not, I'm not sure. And then let's just go through some other names we need to talk about. We've got Chetty Osman there, the discman, C.D. Osman, who is 8% rostered with Vassell, out for a while, and then questionable, but out still. Who knows? He's worth a look, as is Malachi Branham, who is starting in place of Vassell, as we expected, not Trey Jones. Branham's a guy, though, that he's okay if you're streaming in for points and threes, but he's not going to get huge, huge volume and he's not going to be a well-rounded performer, I don't think. But both Osman and Branham are worth looking at with Vassal out when streaming. David Roddy Piper and Zaire Williams in Memphis. Zaire's got a relatively strong role. He's only 16% rostered. He was 13 yesterday. 16% rostered. He has got value um, more 14s, but with 12s, there is streaming value. Roddy's, again, not someone I love. He's a, not a great fantasy producer, but if they are going to start him over Tillman, anyone who gets 30 minutes a night should be at least on your radar, and that's where Roddy sits. Kata Bates-Diop started with um, uh, over Kogi last game, and he's a good defensive option. He can get steals and blocks. He's an okay rebounder. This is at least a deeper league option, but someone to look at and is available everywhere. I didn't... Uh, and... Uh, I know we're 30 minutes into this show. I can't mention every player. I just can't. I'll, I'll do 40 players or so on this show, which I think I have. Last week, oh man, you didn't even talk about Derek Lively. So let's do it now. Derek Lively should be rostered in all leagues. He's 45% rostered. There are going to be ups and downs for sure, but it's very hard, read impossible, to find good high-profile shot blockers off the waiver wire unless your name's Gogo Badadze, which comes up because Wendell Carter's out for three or four weeks. Lively's a guy to get, grab, hold, stick with. Points leagues, not as much. Don't worry about it. Category leagues, yes. 
And the last one there is Gary Payton II, who is the guy that is closing games over Andrew Wiggins. He has an insanely high field goal percentage. He's a very good steals guy, and he's actually getting a few more assists than usual. So Gaz Payton is at least streamable. He's someone worth mentioning, but he's not a must-roster guy. But he is pushing up into being marginally useful. And that will do it for me today. Follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app and on YouTube. Thumb it up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.